Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, is this thing on? It's Look Sports Media. And it's time for a breakdown. Hello guys and welcome to the breakdown here on Look Sports Media. I'm Owen, you'll know me from the League One podcast here. Uh, and today I'm joined by Kieran. Hello man, how are we? Yeah, no, I'm alright. How about you? Yeah, not bad man, not bad at all. Yeah. No worries. And I'm also joined by uh, Chris, who's also from the League One podcast. We'll see him in other ones as well. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you doing today? Hi, mate. I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. So, obviously, everyone's in. You can answer your questions, put them in the comments. But um, if you'd like to, we can start with a, with a topic. Uh, first one, I like me and Kieran to be talking about this. Um, a bit, bit about the FA Cup schedule, to be honest. Um, it's not been the greatest. Kieran will know, but the... The, the epitome of there's three non-league sides in the next round or two or three non-league sides and none of them on telly with the, the baffled ones to me being Tottenham beat Burnley and Palace beat uh, Everton being on telly. Um, in the FA Cup third round, you've got people like Maidstone and Eastleigh who have got ties that look exciting to watch. It's nothing short really of a disgrace by the FA, but, you know, TV sells and that's how it happens. Well, TV sells, but... I put this on my uh, or my Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. I put it up earlier, just kind of uh, saying that it was just Premier League fixtures with extra steps at the end of the day. Like the kind of teams you saw, what is, I don't know if Wigan and Man United is included, but you could have watched that game from, you know, the 08-09 season kind of thing. But yeah. I said a lot of the reason that people, you know, go to watch the FA Cup and, you know, the second round, the third round, just a little bit uh, 
you know, earlier in the competition where, you know, later on competition, you always expect the Premier League sides to dominate anyway. But a lot of the reason that people, you know, are interested in the FA Cup in these second rounds, these third rounds, is because of the lower league uh, opposition and, you know, the TV money that you'd end up getting for appearing in this uh, third round would be massive for a club like Maidstone or Barnet or all the other teams that are in there. Of course, uh, there's a lot of, like you said, exciting ties that you wouldn't really watch unless it was, you know, the FA Cup at the end of the day. Everton Palace, you can watch that on a weekend in the Premier League. So it's incredibly frustrating on the end that it's just the same. Like I watched, you know, the FA Cup, not saying that I watched the Prem overly, but I watched the FA Cup to watch teams like Maidstone and stuff that you wouldn't normally see. So it's incredibly infuriating in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's about finding balance, you know, games some of the games that are on there you can't say no to putting on tv arsenal liverpool i think with the form they're both in in the premier league it sort of has to be on there and same for sunderland newcastle i'm not sure the last time we got a derby between sunderland and newcastle let alone in the fa in the league let alone the fa cup but um yeah games like uh middlesbrough villa i can kind of understand with the way they're both playing but Everton Palace, it won't even be a Premier League fixture for long, the way those teams are playing. <laughs> yeah. Saying hi, Ian. Hi, Dale. How birds of boo? How are you all doing today? Evening, everyone. Just saying no words to the comments. Yeah, yeah uh... I, think, I, think, I think the FA Cup schedules are a, a, a disgrace. Well, it's only a disgrace, but it's just like the thing with TV. Um, it's terrible. Sam's just put in here that it's 86 out of the last 87 times they've been an FA Cup game. It's not been telly. Anyone know what the last one is? What well, the the only <laughs> FA Cup tie United haven't been on telly for? Probably it's only the thing is, know in the FA. What are they? Pl- who are they playing? They're playing Wigan, aren't they? Like, yeah, so that's understandable because that, it's. Don't get me wrong. Season. That's absolutely massive for Wigan. Like you know, they're in their own uh, kind of issues at the minute with finances, and it's kind of a. Uh, bit of news that a lot of clubs get is that they have problems with their finances but yeah like you said having Everton Palace like that's just that's just awful yeah. uh the the Sunderland Newcastle game so long as my googling was right the last time they played was 2016 so uh, you know in that game I understand being on there and like you said uh Liverpool yeah, Arsenal, it'll be the first time there. yeah just out like Liverpool Arsenal that's completely fine out of just uh the form there and it'll be a good watch but there's just some games in there that really neither team benefit from too much nobody's going to be overly excited to watch and yeah it's just it's it's not pathetic like i said earlier but like uh you said uh for us there's there's a matter of balance that you kind of yeah. need within these and it's just repetitive it's really boring to me and uh yeah even more so with, you know, we say the TV money would have little effect on these clubs, but it's terrestrial TV as well. So it's going to have even less of an effect on like a Premier League or probably even a championship club that's in the top half of the championship. Yeah. Exactly. Especially with, with Match of the Day being all right, it's highlights, it's not live football, but they're there every week. To have like a terrestrial team, like a Maidstone or terrestrial team, have a non-league or a league side like a Stevenage or Maidstone on telly, you can get people to watch those low-league football and think, I love this, I'll go out and watch them, go and watch my local side. 
and that brings more money into the football system, grassroots, that sort of thing. It just, it's just, for example, just greediness again, money for short term rather than long term gain, which they need to stop really doing. Well, you look at the Premier League, next Premier League deal, and that being going to disrupt TV people going to games. And I'm hoping that might mean more money for more people going to, to games in the football league. But but then again, with the new EFL deal, that might change as well. Yeah, um, I, I saw that Maidstone put on their Twitter because they uh, they yeah. quote tweeted the FA Cup's tweet regarding obviously the uh, TV scheduling and like the admin on there put you know the magic of the FA Cup because yeah you know they they've just pull out, pull out, yeah, pulled off a phenomenal result in the previous round and all of a sudden nobody's going to be able to watch them. You can just what listen to them on the radio and. That's not yeah. the same as watching them on TV, and it's uh, it's bizarre. It, it there's nothing. There's little words I can say on it that uh, you know, a positive. Let's put it that way. It's uh, it's not yeah. too fun. Yeah. Um. I'll give you this because Ian's just put a question here in the uh, in the chat. Um. He says questions for the hosts and those in chat. We've just had the third round draw, but who have you always wanted at home or away? Even those who are really out can join in. What is your dream tie? So obviously Newport, you got you got a game against Barnet. I don't know who, who do got, you play in the third round. So uh, we got Eastley at home. Okay, so winnable. That's if we get but through, like, of course, the replay. Yeah, but obviously Newport have had some magical moments in in both cup competitions. To be honest, um, but is there someone there who, who who you would who you haven't had that maybe you would love to, love to play home or away? And would it what, well, would you prefer to be home or away? In, in especially with yeah. a big side. Look, the thing about it is there's a few like circumstances you've got to take into it. So uh, I won't go on waffling too much about this. But in short, Newport aren't the best financially. We haven't been for a good while. Being fan-owned is a good reason for that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of meant that we don't have the budget to compete with teams and, you know, the league and do all this stuff. So we've done phenomenally to be kind of uh, where we are. But... For the first four rounds or so, and of course, you know, we'll go round. Uh, hopefully, we'll win this replay against Barnet, but they really impressed me in all fairness on uh, well, last Saturday. Uh, we'll hopefully get through them and then beat Eastley, and that'll be, you know, that'll be good money out of where we have TV scheduled for this round two game, and then we'll hopefully win them and get the uh, prize money. But in terms of, you know, from kind of round four, round five onwards, I think a lot of teams or a lot of fans of lower league clubs just want a big Premier League team away. Like we've had, um, we, we've beaten Leicester, we've beaten Leeds, we've beaten Middlesbrough, and it's it's fantastic. We played Man City a few years ago and scored against them, and that felt like a winner in itself. But as yeah. of now, in in terms of me personally. I've got a soft spot for Everton and I feel like we could do something against them if it's kind of that yeah. uh, scenario. And of course, they're switching from Goodison Park to their new stadium soon. So yeah. to get Everton away before Goodison kind of goes, that would be a, that would be quite nice. Yeah, that, that that was my... I really wanted Everton away in the third round if we went through, through the replay because I just feel like, for me... Uh, like, yeah, I'm. I've been to the Anfield loads of times because my family sort of supports Liverpool, and I have when I was younger, and I still do now. But Stevie is more my mate. But 
I would love to go to Everton because it's such an historic ground. It's a ground that's steeped in history. And and I want to go there before because I think it's either this year or next year the move to that new ground, maybe even next season. I'd so, like to say it's next season, yeah. I think it's 25, yeah. 20, yeah, so, like yeah say two it. seasons. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but that's what I say. They've got Palace away, obviously. If Stevens could do that, beat Maidstone. It beat Vale and beat Maidstone, which Stevens should do. Um I would love to get Palace away, uh, Evan away in the next round. Um, but yeah, I think I think for me a dream tie would be would be like a Everton away or somewhere historic, like an an, an older ground that I've never been to before. Because like I said, we were quite lucky. We obviously did Villa away last year. Me and me and Kieran are quite lucky as we've had some brilliant cup runs. Uh, well, I've only had one, but Kieran's obviously have been quite lucky. He's had the Cat League Cup and Camera Cups for massive successes. Um, not for you though, Chris. Is any 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 successes you think you've had? Or, or I mean, I we, we had we had a we had a cup run of our own. We had City, but the only downside about we had City was, I'm pretty sure it was during lockdown. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's um, the game ever. Yeah, I mean, it was during lockdown, and we drew them at Wadham Road as well. So yeah, I mean, that's can't really more. comment too much. We we went out in the first round. Wimbledon battered us five one in the first round. Yeah. Not the greatest, but I, I think yeah, I think a cup run is the last thing Cheltenham need right now. I think same as Kieran, we're not a team who are very secure financially most of the time. Probably got the least resources in League One, um, but I think financially the club are sound for a while after the sale of Alfie, because yeah. I don't see anyone being bought in to replace Alfie when Aidan Keener and Goodwin are there. Yeah. I feel I let's Steve, we're a bit lucky that we've we're quite secure with our finances usually. We've been we've been quite I feel like we've been quite touch and go. Um, but like I said, we're quite lucky to have with someone like Phil Wallace who's going to put the money in the club and and uh brought us to League One at the moment. So be interesting. Because because thing is Kieran, I'm just I'm we're just going off a little bit here, but Newport, they've had they've had I know you've had struggles recently, but like you've had successes with, with your chairman and all that. And what what Obviously, have you been to the playoffs? Am I right saying you've had you've had a playoff one at one point? We've had we've had two playoff final runs back back yeah. to back in the past six years or so, and uh, yeah, I could talk about uh, I could talk about refs in that regard because uh, oh yeah, oh, in, both, the in game. both games in both games we've been robbed by refereeing decisions, Morecambe and Tran. Yeah. yeah, but you know I'm not going to go back on the past and stuff. But we've had our you know we've had success, but. The difference between, you know, the chairman we had um, and, you know, chairmans that other clubs have is that we were we, we were fan-owned. You know, the money would all come from uh, the fans and the trust and all this stuff. So, you know, just out of that regard, given the fact that Newport, we don't bring in the highest attendances in the league. We don't, uh, you know, branch out as much as the rest of the league do. So it's yeah. been, at, at times, a huge struggle to kind of... Uh, G- do you own optimistic. your own ground? Yeah. Do you own your own ground? We don't know. Uh, the dragon, the dragons yeah. own it. Uh, who are a rugby team, and we kind of, uh, you know, we have a deal between them. And uh, yeah. we had worries at the start of the season. We'd actually lose the lease, and we'd have to find a new place to go to. But turns out, behind the scenes, we were planning a lease that was, you know, it's another ten years. Because I think the way that the uh, EFL have kind of monitored grounds in terms of you know if you're sharing with someone is that you've got to uh you've got to have a minimum of a 10-year lease just to be kind of stable and it looks like yeah. we've uh 
we've kind of done that to our regard. So, yeah, yeah. it's not think, too bad in that regard. I think I think that's probably more to do with the Coventry scenarios recently. I think that's yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, have a look at a couple of the comments. Uh, Dale's saying some stats for League Two that most assists in League One at the moment uh, is Jones. Uh, he leads the assist table with with four four league goals. Uh, four in the top four leagues. Sorry, sorry. Joe has nine assists at the moment in uh, in League Two. He has the most assists in the entire top four leagues. Got Dan Kemp as well with Dan Crowley, um, which is nice. And also, hi Chow, welcome to the welcome to the stream, lad. Um, you just seen his guide because you were a lead in his place in round three. But that's what I mean. Peterborough have been quite lucky, I, I believe. They've they've had two games where they should realistically should be battering teams. Um, and what they mean, they, they they barely got past Salford. They needed a last minute equaliser and then penalties. And Doncaster took them right to the end. Um, it's it's the epitome of Peterborough, though, isn't it? Leave it late. Yeah, yeah. Win or win or lose, leave it late. Yeah. I mean, you go on, Kieran. The, the thing with the uh, game Peterborough had against Salford, and I'm sure you would have seen it. Um, they had Drysdale as their referee. And let's just say Salford fans absolutely despise Drysdale after that uh, encounter because he added on an extra few minutes than, you know, minimum added time. And yeah. Peterborough scored within that time. And then apparently the uh, extra time and all this stuff, they he was he didn't treat Salford too nice. So you definitely say they were probably, you know, fortunate that decisions go their way. And in terms of the uh, Doncaster game, I've watched the highlights and all this stuff. Uh, there was that goal that was given offside. And I think that's one of the most competent decisions refs have made in a good uh, while when it comes to the EFL and cups and stuff, because it's very yeah. fine line, but I'd say it is just offside. So uh, Doncaster, yeah. unfortunate in that regard, but you take the credit of the fact that they were able to push a... Uh, very strong for the most part anyway. League One seemed right until the end. And given the fact that uh, you know, Doncaster didn't start the season too well and they came to came to a Newport and lost four 0 and all this stuff. So given where they were at the start of the season, all the injuries they had, they've uh, done relatively well to come back. And I understand the child saying, of course, uh, they would have had leads in the next round had they gotten through, but in the kind of counter arguments of that, and the thing that I kind of uh, say to respond to it is that they've Doncaster fans have more than a often than not mentioned their injury problems and all this stuff and the kind of squad yeah. they've got. So, is being out of a cup competition where you'd play a really strong lead side in terms of potentially long term and player availability in the league, is it necessarily yeah. a bad thing? I'd say it's probably a bad thing, but. You know, you gotta gotta take the silver linings of the fact that you've uh, missed out on what would be a pretty uh, interesting game to go to. Just on that, um, just Sorry, on that added, just on the added time Ke comment, Kieran said, "It's one thing that has started to bug me a bit about football is that Kieran said it's a minimum, and it is, and I think that's the point the that minimum, misses yeah. that misses a lot of people." in football i mean yeah a lot of people think it's stalemate don't they they think like it, that's the out of time and the game ends after that i think i'm gonna move on up to the premier league for a second here but you look at arsenal's winner against luton uh the other night 
there was a lot of comments about that being the 97th minute when there was six minutes out of time, but Luton had spent a lot of time time wasting and there was actually a free kick in the build-up that had to be taken. It's not like you can have a free kick on the edge of a box and then just blow for full time. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, not Don't talk to me about refs because Saturday was... Like, the guy that... This, this is the right decision, right? It's foggy. If the referee's given a penalty... Fine, like it's a terrible decision, but at the end of the day, it has to take it on the chin. The problem with it, though, is that the lies was given a corner when he has a better view of it in this Stevens game. So he's gone corner, and the ref's gone, I think that's a penalty. And then the lies has gone, all right, then, even though the lies has a better view of the shoot of the, of the, of the play. <laughs> like, we why can't assistant referees stand their own ground? They're assistant referees for a reason. You, you say that, but we had an assistant referee give a penalty against us last Tuesday <laughs> against Charlton. The referee oh, no. didn't give a thing. The linesman gave a penalty. Wait, did, did the referee goo them? Yeah, it just got given. <laughs> oh, okay. Was it a penalty? It's dubious. That's all I can say on it, really. It's, okay. it's a dubious decision. But really, the situation uh... should be that if the linesman says... If the linesman has a better view of it, the referee should trust his linesman, really, at the end of the day. Um, especially in those conditions that was at the Lamex, where it was very foggy and the referee probably couldn't see much. If the if the linesman has a better view of it, really, he should trust his linesman's decision. But there is the, they're not called linesmen anymore. They're called assistant referees. I don't know why, like, just, just trust them, please. I think linesman's more just a term ad- adapted for Sunday League now when a player's made to run the line at Sunday League. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh. we'll, we'll go off another point of the FA Cup, which is which has caused a lot of debate. Um, obviously, it came out yesterday that Voice Green Rose's Scarborough Athletic is going to be replayed at the Flamingo Land Stadium in Scarborough um, on the uh, this Tuesday. Am I right in saying that? This Tuesday? I believe so, yeah, yeah. And with yeah. the second round fixture between the winner of that time, Blackpool at Bloomfield Road, taking place the following week. Um, Blackpool aren't happy with that, obviously, with the fixture congestion, they've said. Um, and people aren't happy that apparently Barnsley were kicked out of the competition compared to Barnes, uh, compared to Foyce Green Rovers, who were obviously given a chance to still go through. What are you guys' opinion on that? Also, Chuck, make your opinion in the comments as well. What's your opinion on this on this decision? Without knowing the definitives, um, I'd like to say it's obviously a situation that differs, but it, it's the FA who've given this decision, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, from what I've heard, it does involve a loan player, though, but it involves a player that Forest Green having on loan themselves, not... Um, Barnsley did actually field the player, I think as well from what I've heard is that, again, it's nothing solid, but from what I've heard, the Forest Green player was on a bench. Well, you can see that uh, (laughs) Sam's kind of put it in there, that uh, Barnsley breached Rule 103, which was an unregistered player, and Forest Green fielded a registered loan player without permission. So I I don't know... I so, don't know the definitives. Is there yeah. in the world? I don't know the uh, definitives, and you know, yeah. I'm not an FA regulator, so I can't, you know, yeah. say concrete this should be happening and this shouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, um, from what I'm kind of aware of, I think they've kind of uh, said that the 
player in question for Forest Green, but his loan had something to do where he couldn't play cup ties because he was obviously a. It's a thing that's kind of a put with Premier League loans that happen when they're like cup tied and they're not allowed to uh, play in the same competition that their parent club are in, regardless of uh, who they're playing. But it, it's absolutely bizarre, and I. Admittedly, nobody's a winner in the uh, scenario. Admittedly, Forest Green are probably the only winner because you've got Scarborough, who, if you're following the same, you know, consistent laws that uh, Barnsley had, they should be having an away trip to Blackpool now, and they're going to have to, you know, do this replay and actually uh, beat Forest Green, even though they lost yeah. pretty convincingly the well, last time. Well, well, if you've got to think about it, Scarborough getting three times the money value for one game. Well, you're not you're not wrong in that regard, and there's going to be a lot more. Um, I, I suppose atmosphere in the kind of Scarborough yeah. area because they've they've been giving yeah. another chance and all this and, stuff. So and then and then they win that. That's another game they wouldn't have had, which means more money for the club. And considering the National League North club, that's good money. Um, so long, so long as they don't end up, you know, losing miserably here, they'll that you know you'll imagine that they feel happy. But Barnsley have something stupid now, like five games in like nine days or so or is it 14 i don't know how many days it is but it's a stupid amount of games for you know the fact that not barnsley but i don't even remember blackpool, blackpool not barnsley blackpool. there you go other way around no worries. but um barnsley but blackpool what is going on with me anyway so blackpool <laughs> blackpool have all these fixtures that they're uh you know, upset about because admittedly it's stupid amounts leading up to a uh, Christmas and I'm not quite sure on the Blackpool injury front what they're kind of dealing with, but I'm sure this uh, extra fixture won't help them. And uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where realistically I've seen a lot of conflicting opinions. Some people say because it's unregistered and kind of ineligible players that Forest Green should have had exactly the same punishment. Yeah. But in if, the regards of the literal FA rules, yeah. technically it's all being followed, so there shouldn't really be any complaints. Yeah, because you got mean, to think. You got oh, sorry. I was going to say you got to think about it. Blackpool have got to now. They've got to, they've got home to Carlisle at the weekend. Then they're at Cambridge away on Saturday night, uh, the next Saturday on the sixteenth, and then within that they'll have that Tuesday game. Against either at home to other uh, Forest Green Rovers or Scarborough, and then they've got to play the twenty third. So they've got to do Tuesday, Saturday, and then Tuesday again with the Boxing Day fixture. Then Friday night with Port Vale Blackpool, and then Monday with Blackpool Lincoln, and then letting away on the Saturday unless they obviously, or that could be uh, that could be uh, well no could be. Uh, that could be re rearranged if obviously um, they get through and then they'll be away to not on the forest in the cup. But um, yeah, that's a lot of fixtures for in a short space of time before the transfer window that, yeah, that could cost Blackpool points, especially if they want to, but it looks like they're going to be in this promotion push. I mean, it's it's almost beginning to feel like we've just entered a football manager save file with some of the bizarre <laughs> things we've seen this season. Yeah. Well, like, it's not like this one. It is like bizarre. Well, like, like some of this stuff does happen. Like foot manager, I just see like someone get a ten point deduction for. We've we've we've, we've seen 
you know, Birmingham in the championship. We've seen managers in playoff places sacked. We've uh, just all sorts. We've got the schedule going absolutely mad for Blackpool. It's almost like when you get into like Christmas time or football manager, you've got a game on Thursday and a game on Friday. <laughs> yeah, you're all at the end of the season because you're like gone on a mad cup run, like if you're on non-league side or something. And you've ended up on a massive trophy run. You've ended up with, yeah, like seven games in seven days because you have to like play the end of the season. It's mental. But, it's, um, it's so bizarre. Yeah. You don't end up kind of, you know, reading on the whole teams are being kicked out of uh, cup competitions because they've uh, fielded ineligible players. It's not a very, uh, it's yeah. not a very common thing that you get to see. So maybe, maybe, maybe real life needs like a pop up window, like football manager, to tell managers about <laughs> player can't play in the game. <laughs> no, because you'd, you'd imagine though, you'd imagine that the people, the managers, and everything who are putting these players on the field. You'd imagine they realistically should know and they should by default be taught the fact that yeah. this player's allowed to play and this one isn't, but apparently managers don't know how that works this season because I haven't seen it as being a uh, consistent problem otherwise. So yeah. it's it's bizarre to see the, <laughs> the bare minimum. It's it's like, what one, it's might not be the manager's fault. Why is the admin not told him? Surely admin is like surely they should know, right? It's a bit mental. Um, any other any other words about that? No, just bizarre. I think that's yeah, that's about all you can say. Yeah. Before we do move on to the next topic, however, there is a video I'd like to show you. Uh, if you guys know about our uh, some of Grant uh, Gontz and uh, the trip, some of our Luxembourg media team went to Barrow um, to film a crossbar challenge. Here's the preview of this video. And as the day draws to a close, everybody's gone home. All except one. This, this could be George's big moment. George Ray, 30 years old, from Warren. I'm here to win the crossbar. I'm things hanging off, but it's a good cause. I just really want to win the crossbar. I've travelled all this way. I've had a few tragedies in my life. I'm just really down at the minute with all the weather. I just, I just really hope I can do this. Well, yeah, it, it means the world to me, my family, especially my dad. He's always wanted me to be the crowd. Well, that looks like a brilliant video to watch. I, I for one, cannot wait to see that. Um, yeah, so if you guys uh, would we'll love to see that, um, it'll be out at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, check all the Look Sports Media social media pan uh, channels and you're able to, to see what looks to be a, a very, very good video. Um, what God, you guys it, feels exactly. it, it yeah. just feels like Sidemen kind of videos, doesn't it? Yeah. The Sidemen crossbar yeah. challenges. Yeah. It, what? I absolutely loved watching them. I love a good old crossbar challenge. Very old school, very, uh, you know, kind of... Very soccer AM. Exactly, and it's... Very soccer I'm, AM. You know, the, the thing that, you know, um, a lot of 
the stuff that we kind of portray is unique, you know, it's different. And yeah. I'm sure there'll be some different uh, twists to this kind of video that you won't see, you know, featured in a lot of um, kind of other crossbar challenges. Do you see people really get interviewed before hitting the crossbar? Or maybe hitting the crossbar? Who knows? You'll yeah. have to uh, stay tuned for that. But no, it, it looks like it's it's one of the iconic video formats for football that you can't really go wrong with, but it's got this good old look sports media twist to it. Yeah. So, right, so uh, we'll move on. Uh, we're going to have a look, have a quick look at the EFL trophy as the first knockout round uh, did start last week. Um, what I want to talk about first, though, is the um, postponement of Accrington Stanley versus Lincoln City. Um, am I right in saying it was postponed about five minutes before kickoff? About one um, something like that. It was it was something mental, which is I know it's a trophy game, but still fans have traveled for that fixture. One minute after kickoff time. That's bad. That's mental. Literally, fans have traveled to that game to see it getting called off literally after kickoff, like when kickoff should have started. It's terrible. It's horrible to the fans, especially like the sort of stick Atkinson's owners been getting recently. It's not gonna help. <laughs> It's bizarre because in the same way that you don't regularly see teams fielding ineligible players, you don't see games postponed on kickoff. It happened in that Walsall Cup game as well. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know what it is about this season in terms of lower league clubs and their uh, decision-making and all this stuff, but I... I have no real words on it because it's such a, uh, it's unique. It changes things up definitely, but yeah. in in the same respect, like you said, it's not fair to the fans who have travelled all that way to uh, watch their team and then admittedly, admittedly last minute get told, "Oh yeah, games off, go." Didn't yeah. they do a did they do a pitch inspection beforehand? Because um, like. I know they did it with the Walsall and, you know, the Walsall uh, Cup yeah. game. And they said about an hour before kickoff, it's all fine. And then they postponed it. Yeah. I think that was, I think it was saying about the Walsall manager was saying some. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Things about it, but I do not know. I'm not going to say that for sure, but that's the rumour. Obviously, that I don't know if that's true or not, but we're not, we're not going to go into that. They've, they've also, I think that's... 
Who did they play? Was it Atherington, Arlington, Atherington, something like that? Um, so that I believe yeah. I'm not. That's yeah, why I wasn't Atherton saying Town. their name because yeah. I don't know about fire off by her. But what happened in with the Atherton game? It's been replayed on Tuesday night, uh, this Tuesday. Um, but fair play, this is uh, the uh, the Atherton chairman criticised the ref for the non pitch inspection or whether it was because um, the midday was cancelled apparently. I mean, yeah. I, Let's yeah. be fair, that Accrington, uh, you know, the, the chairman yeah. of Accrington has been criticised for, and rightly criticised for some of his posts on social media, but I yeah. think him complaining to the to the ref about their, admittedly, just lack of being competent and kind yeah. of just doing yeah. their job, literally arrived to the ground an hour earlier, just yeah. to... Just for the sake of the fans that are traveling, at the end of the day, uh, there's an there's an issue of just cost of living outside of football and having to pay for transport and all this stuff. Which, let's be fair, it wouldn't have been cheap to you know make that journey, to make that journey, and then all of a sudden it's gone. It doesn't matter. You're gonna have to do it again, but you still get the ticket for the replay, which you might be able to make and you might not, depending on a. Well, depending on if you can make a Tuesday, and uh, you know, a lot of people who would have went to that Saturday ga- Saturday game wouldn't have been able to now make the uh, rearranged fixture because they might have yeah. work commitments and all this stuff. So, yeah, it, I think uh, the Accrington chairperson don't have a clue of his name, so I'm not even going to try now. And the Holt you know, is the there. You go, there you go. There but he's he's rightly criticized for a lot of things yeah. but in this in this regard he's absolutely spot on um the, the good um... thing about sorry chris i was just saying the good thing about it is that they have agreed lincoln and accrington to uh make tickets 1 pound for uh refund everyone for the ticket before for last game for the last tuesday night before the before the postponement um and every price is 1 pound that's that that's a decent compromise. Yeah, uh, and also Lincoln. Yeah, well. I think I think Lincoln is also doing free coaches as well. There you go. It's, it's compromised in that way, then. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. It it's it's almost Sunday league levels of ineptitude at this point. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fully waiting for just start getting bingo cards out for errors this season, like. <laughs> Because it like this. Because I mean, the, ne- the next one would be even more priceless. And at this rate, I couldn't see it because I've genuinely had Sunday League football before where a referee just didn't show up to one game. And because of a game that referee didn't show up to, our game got cancelled because the team were a division higher and they got our referee because they took priority being a higher division. I had just fully uh. waited for that next. Oh, uh, we gotta make a we gotta make a bingo yeah. card for next year. Not even just the remainder of this season, but I'm sure all of these uh, interesting calls are gonna drag on into next season as well. So, football yeah. in that regard's got a lot more exciting, but brings a lot yeah. more anxiety well, with it. We got to think this year. We've had a match postponed in the first game of the season for a waterlogged pitch. <laughs> That's that's never happened or not happened in a while. <laughs> so a waterlogged pitch in August, August. That was, that was Colchester Swindon, wasn't it? That's yeah. Colchester Swindon. You just can't have disaster without Swindon anymore, can you? 
It's Greg Roy, that is, actually. Because um, I don't know much about this. I don't know, Chris, do you know more about what, what this was with the CEO? I haven't seen too much, no. But what, what I've heard is apparently that the it was on a, was it a fan's podcast or something like that? Uh, the CEO is swindling and, and he has said some some things that a CEO shouldn't really say. Um, especially if you're, yeah, I was going to say you're, you're CEO of a legal two club. So I don't know exactly what, what the CEO of Swindon has said. I will see if I can find something. If any of you guys in the comments know, just put it in there. Uh, well, you know, I'll kind of take this as a chance to do a little bit of filler in terms of Swindon because not yeah. knowing about this situation, but no, I say knowing, being aware of some of the other kind of issues that have been happening at Swindon. And uh, Chris, I think you've kind of nailed it. You can't have disaster without Swindon anymore. Um, there've been many things that have happened, and we've had chats about it on the. Uh, you know, the League Two podcast and all this stuff. You've had you had the summer window where they were bringing nobody in and then all of a sudden they brought loads of players in and there was loads of uncertainty about kind of the future of their transfers and whether they'd be able to afford it and stuff. It then scheduled to Michael Flynn getting to a point where he did this at Newport. He said that he might have to name himself on the bench yeah. out of the lack of availability they've um... had. Well, you've, they... got in... you've got Sorry. their inconsistency yeah. with form as well. You've yeah. got, uh, you know, they were in, what were they, playoffs, automatics at some point. And yeah. don't get me wrong, they're not too far at the minute, but I wouldn't be surprised to see yeah. them go on a losing run that lasts a good while because yeah. it just seems like that kind of club to have this yeah. consistently um, inconsistent I... uh, feature yeah. around them. Didn't they have someone who, they didn't have a, don't they have a uh, player that, uh, they had to like ask the national team to not let them go on international duty because they, did, because they yeah. didn't have enough players. Yeah, that's so, mental. Yeah, um, no, it's bizarre. It happened with well, I said happened with Newport. Um, we've got our goalkeeper Nick Townsend, he represents Antigua and Barbuda in terms of uh international levels, and it was at the point where we had a lot of injuries and stuff. and Obviously, with the break coming up, we were worried that, hey, we're going to lose a goalkeeper and we've only got one remaining. But the difference between Swindon having to ask the player and having to ask the national team if he you know, couldn't go in comparison to the situation we had. And like I mentioned earlier, we're not exactly the uh, best club run financially and all this stuff. Hopefully yeah. it changes now that we've brought in a, a new owner and all this stuff. But... You know, I won't go into that too much. But the difference between us yeah. and them is that the player in question, Nick Townsend, decided on his own accord that he'd rather stay at the club and play for us than, uh, yeah. you know, go and represent yeah. his uh, country, which is a huge honour in itself. But the fact yeah. that he's uh, dedicating himself, we didn't have to ask him, or I don't think we had to ask him if he wanted to, uh, you know, go out on international duty. He just put out of the... Uh, goodwill of himself and knew that we were in trouble and you know he, he evidently really enjoys playing for the club and he understood that we were under uh, yeah. difficult things and you know he decided to stay with us um, and yeah and um, what i think what, what's been said in that 
interview uh, with that Swindon Town podcast. Don't know which one it was. Um, sorry if, if you if you are listening to it and you do any other host that podcast. Um, it said that he he said that seeing to go holders get nine free games a year. Don't know if that's accurate. Uh, um, basically saying that they 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 get too much. Um, sort of backhanding comments, which you shouldn't really say as a CEO. You're supposed to be for the fans. <laughs> I'm sorry, what is going on in football mid-season? So you've got you've got ineligible players playing, you've got yeah. pitches that all of a sudden get waterlogged really easily, and you've got owners yeah. that are just interesting. You've got Akronton's owner, you had, I mean, unrelated to kind of EFL football, you of course had the Scunthorpe situation, which thankfully looks like it's ironed out now. And now you've got Swindon's owner saying that... Uh, their supporters get too much, and I, just, I, I don't get. I thought our club was, you know, not run too well in the uh, retrospect of this kind of stuff. But at least we're kind of <laughs> we're not going to say to our fans that you get too much for spending your hard-earned money. They, yeah, they almost seem. You look at the four-three last week as well. They almost seem determined to do these things as well. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's not even the first time it's had. You had the 5-5 at Wrexham. You've now had a 4-3. Swindon just can't do anything yeah. easy, can um, they? Let's on, on the 4-3, I do just want to say it should have been 4 all as when it was cleared off the line <laughs> in the last minute. Yeah. Um, do you guys, guys want to... I don't know if you guys know this. How much is the adult season ticket for the town end at Swindon? Have a guess how much it is. I know it's one of the highest priced in the league. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'll put into retrospect our season ticket because, like, yeah. it, we had half season tickets come on sale recently. But in terms of our full season ticket, it was like 180 or something. It was, you know, that was, it, that. It, it's one of the low. I think it's lower than that. I think it was like 160 when it came out. It all depends on a, if you yeah. would held season tickets before and being part of the trust and all this other stuff. But, uh, I'll go towards the range of, and this would be stupid amounts for League Two football. I'll say like three hundred quid, something along those lines. It's more than that. What? Uh, it's three. Yeah, it's for the cheapest adult season ticket. It's three hundred and eighty-five pounds. Oh my life! And oh. considering, I had a quick look at how much Steven had just seen ticket. This is for the division above. The uh, expensive one is four forty, but that's for seating. For the cheap one, it is three forty. That oh, that's for, and remember that's for division above. And, oh no! And <laughs> I don't know, Chris. Do you know how much an adult seating ticket at Cheltenham is? Uh, I'm just checking now. Um, I don't know if you get. Can you get any cheaper at like a Premier League club? Like I don't know, like. Like, I'd imagine you probably can. <laughs> like, can you see a 400 quid for a season? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I look at, yeah, and they might just go, oh, but look at the benefits you get. What? What? I get uh, what, what? I get 10% off Pizza Hut. Oh, well done. Oh, that's oh, brilliant. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, great. We're not far below them in terms of season ticket pricing. The cheapest £333 for Cheltenham. Yeah, but the difference is your division above. I think our most our most expensive is uh four hundred and eighty one. 
I decided to pull it up. I was looking at action. I was technically looking at the young adult one, which is 16 yeah. to 21. Oh, and at yeah. the start of the season, that was 120 quid. In terms of an adult, and this, you know, this is the cheapest that you can kind of find. And this is very high in a, in comparison to what the price of the adult, in comparison to what the price of the young adult one is, yeah. 325, which okay. yeah. is, yes, it's on the higher side, but what we're not owned. We weren't owned by anyone. So admittedly, yeah. we needed this kind of That's the thing, this money. For you, so. for you, for you and Chuck, who are Chuckman owned by? Are they owned by the fans as well? Or who I don't by? think we are, no. Um, no. I can't even remember. I know, I know, obviously, yeah, that's fair enough because you're owned by a, a supporters trust and you need to pay rent for the, like they said, for the stadium, players. Like, that's sort of understandable. Our tickets are at, for the standing is a decent-ish price. Um, exactly. We uh, we change our stadium name every year and it, it <laughs> almost it's almost hitting the point we change our stadium name through a random generator because it's the completely <laughs> Suzuki this year. I love that stadium name. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be we're gonna be totally Toyota next season. Oh, I can't. We're totally Toyota Stadium. I actually love that. Yeah, because I was saying some of the stadiums like um the like I said Scarborough's is the Flamingo Land Stadium. And I think Horsham's is the Camping World Stadium. <laughs> but one, I thought Camping World is like an American thing because one of their stadiums is called Camping World as well. I know that a lot of stadiums kind of, you know, name themselves after sponsors because Dover yeah. Athletic, for example, of course, National League South, which is sixth tier. They, the ground's more commonly known as the Crabble, but the actual name of it, I think I'm 99% sure it is because of sponsors. It's the mega community stadium or something along those lines. But yeah, you compare, you compare that to uh, Chris's analogy of his next name of Total Toyota Stadium. I'd much <laughs> rather be uh, regularly attending the mega yeah. community stadium yeah. than the Total Toyota Stadium. In regards to the completely Suzuki Stadium, I actually have a brilliant story about this as well. <laughs> Oh, uh, here we go. I I live in the next town over from Cheltenham, and about about a month or so before, um, I was at work at the pub, and there was a guy in, and I was going around cleaning as I do, and a guy comes in and he starts rambling that he's one of the sponsors at Cheltenham Town, <laughs> and you you know when you're working in a pub, you just sort of take things people yeah. say as drunken rambling and just yeah whatever mate whatever, and. One comment this guy actually made was that the next stadium name is going to be completely Suzuki. And <laughs> this was about a month before, and I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Just carried on, ignored it, laughed it off. And then about a month later, I see that we've changed stadium name to completely Suzuki, and I'm like... Ah, uh, my life. <laughs> I love it, though. Some of the stadiums are, like, wasn't, like, Forest Green, because obviously they, those ones were innocent at one point. So it was the innocent new lawn. That just sounds so weird. I think uh, point, I think at one point they changed. It was like the insert name lawn or something. They did like a thing where they for a game they changed it. That was that was yeah, that was quite funny. Um, but yeah, there's so football and sponsorships always quite funny because like, like I said, going into like Europe and that sponsor of the funny. We could go probably by the funniest sponsors as well. Um, like what? 
what what what's that's let's go off quickly. What's what's the funny like Stephen is obviously we have Bur- we've had Burger King before. That was that was the funniest thing. <laughs> I mean Burger King is a sponsor. Um what about you guys? What what, what sort of oh, the, now sort I... of the weirdest sponsors Cheltenham and Stevenage have had? Or Cheltenham I and Newport have had. Think of us. I think we I'm trying to remember who it is now. Um because yeah. yeah, we've had we've had obviously now with Gorilla, but we've had like uh we've had um yeah, we've had Burger King, Prime Gaming. Those uh, burgers, the first two were shocking, by the way. Uh we we have I mean we have a shower company right uh shower fitting company right now. Nice. We right. were spot. We we have been sponsored by uh, Paddy Power. We were sponsored by the South oh, Wales yeah. Argus at one point, which was uh, yeah. which was really cool. I think that's actually a really nice sponsor. At the minute, yeah. we're sponsored by a uh, Kia Vans, and it kind of goes yeah. in the name. It's a van hiring company, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a yeah. thing. They've got a song that's played at halftime, and it's it's almost become like we can't lose them. Just out of the kind of. Uh, <laughs> I, iconic <laughs> song that we get at halftime. It makes yeah. being uh, it makes being you know three one or whatever it was down to Bradford within the first half. It makes it a lot more bearable when I hear a uh, a question about if I need a van and to call Pierre <laughs> Vans because of it. <laughs> so I mean, needs to put that on YouTube. So I want to hear that. I want to hear that. Um, I will. I'll, I know I can find it somewhere. Yeah. We've also got yeah. um. We've got uh, additional time sponsors, and yeah. we're sponsored by Rob Santris World of Carpets. So yeah. it, it, you well, can imagine the commentator you're, you're, says, "Yeah." The commentator says, "Additional time is sponsored by Rob Santris World of Carpets," and then he, he pauses for a second. Everyone <laughs> anticipates what he's going to say next. Every single time, it's free gripper. So that's also become a uh, yeah. an iconic part of the uh, yeah. club in that kind of way, yeah. and he's. Well, so yeah, it's bizarre. It's it's good fun because yeah. you know it brings a uh, it brings a lot more meaning to sponsors than just saying oh they're sponsored here they are on the yeah. shirt. Um, well, the thing is because obviously you're your fan owned club, so this man you're milking the hell out of sponsorships, which you should do. Your fan owned club, that's how it works. It, it's how it works. Um, because I know Lincoln, I've just seen is sponsored by Branston Potatoes. Right. <laughs> Like, well, a lot of them, like you see, three three big one sides are actually sponsored by uh, universities. Yeah, Northampton, yeah. Um, Lincoln on oh. their way strip. Lincoln on their way strip are sponsored by the university, and Portsmouth, I think, as well, are sponsored by University of Portsmouth. So I like that because the university exactly. is quite smart on it. I mean, I, I've I've just looked, and since 1988, we've had five sponsor shirt sponsors. Good. Uh, yeah, the longest, long. the longest running deal has been the one we've got right now, but in yeah. eighty eight, eighty nine, we were sponsored by Gulf Oil. <laughs> oh, what, what the, uh, the, the one that do month, like golf is in like the like McLaren Williams like that sponsorship. Is it G U? Uh, is it G U L F? Like the orange and blue? Yeah, they sponsored no way. as well in ninety three. Um. I think the best one is in, in 97, 99, we were sponsored by an insurance company. At, at the end of that deal, we switched to a different insurance company. Brilliant. Maybe you've got um, better insurance. Yeah. Right. Um, we'll have a, we've, we've got, we've got a bit of time left. So let's actually talk about a new managerial signing. Uh, Cambridge obviously sat on a, about a week ago. Um, 
flick on for flick on for if I just double check who it was because I'm uh... Neil Harris, uh, isn't it? Neil no, Harris, no. that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, Neil, Neil Harris. What's uh, what's you guys been about? I think I think for for, for Cambridge, that's a brilliant signing. A brilliant uh, managerial it's Um, so I won't go in, you know, to it to death because I didn't watch Gillingham too much when they were yeah. uh, under Neil Harris, but. There was a theme at the start of the season where they, you know, said um, all of us, uh, where they kind of came and had a reputation of winning games 1-0. And that was credit and kind of, you know, put on Neil Harris for making his team grind out wins and all this stuff. They were sitting kind of okay in the league. Yes, they are picking up a few bad results and all of a, all of a sudden he just kind of disappeared and... I understand because I'd imagine the owners weren't maybe too happy with the progress and they wanted this kind of younger, inexperienced coach to make a project and whatever else. But I was really surprised when Neil Harris got, you know, sacked. And I suppose in a way you could say he's upgraded because he's moved up divisions. But, you know, Cambridge is not going to be an easy job with the uh, kind of infrastructure they've got. And if he can bring the form that they had... uh, that he had made with Gillingham necessarily at the start of this season, you know, they could be looking on the up in terms of uh, their league positions. Yeah. They, they, he wasn't sacked uh, for on-field issues. It was off-field. So, yeah, I think, I think he's, especially a club like Cambridge, yeah. I think, I think um, Neil has a great point because he knows how to grind up results. And, and I think, um, especially in the position they're in at the moment, I think, I think that's a really good appointment. Uh, I think, I, I said Cambridge could have gone down this year, but I might change that because Harris Harris is a good manager. I respect him. He's even though I don't particularly like Cambridge, I think I think with him in charge, I think they'll be able to stay up this year. What about you, Chris? I don't see it uh, myself. There are a lot of teams getting into worse positions down that end of the table. You know, Exeter and Port Vale. Um, so I don't. It depends how they pick themselves up. Um, if someone like Cheltenham or Exeter or Port Vale really start to push up the table, then Cambridge are in trouble. But for Exeter and Port Vale, I don't see it coming under the managers they've got currently. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you say about it being off-field issues, and it's, again, bingo card for bizarre <laughs> things this year. I mean, yeah. briefly yeah. going up to the Premier League a second, Paul Heckingbottom sacking. Uh, his final post-match interview was a tirade, uh, a lot of tirades on the owners. Uh, he accused the owners of caring more about money than they care about the club and things like that. That's what, that's what most owners do now, though. That's the problem. Yeah, but... Most owners don't care yeah. about football. They just care about how much money they make. This is another issue that I always have. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a business. A lot of the time. I know it's a business. The football club is a business, but... Jesus. Like, Seriously. A lot of clubs just suck the life out of their money to make sure that that's what I love about fan owned clubs. This is why I love the Germany for, 50, is it 50, 50 plus, plus one, one system because nothing will happen really there unless you're RB Leipzig and you decide you're going to do the system, but that's them. Because I'm pretty sure with them, like their fans are Red Bull employees. I'd imagine so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's no funny enough. I think I think I think I think a system we could try and do there. I think the the football government system, or they're calling it, they're going to bring in a, an external board, aren't they, to football? I think that's a that's a great start. Um, I have talked about a couple of times uh, on these podcasts about 
having a board in the EFL for fit and proper, um, having businesses, uh, some of the, the trusted football chairman like a Phil Wallace, um, just have people that, you know, know and how to run a football, a business football club regularly and well. Um, so that's how that happens. Uh, that at some point, and I think the EFL is a good idea maybe to, to stern that, maybe make that as its own board, but at the end of the day we don't know what's going to happen with football, and especially at the moment, at the rate we're going, we're going to see a few clubs go under soon, and especially, we don't know what, what, the, what the likes of Reading, Watchdale, to hear right yesterday, their financial take the takeover got um, went un- or went fell through. It was right something along those lines, yeah. Which is not great at all, and I, yeah, I do feel sorry that we're going to get another Barry situation soon. Um, yeah, it's, it's why it's important to have these kind of regulations. Of, yeah. Of, even if it's something as simple as having like a a background check and being, uh, you know, being a lot yeah. more firm with interviews of allowing people to own football clubs, just making yeah. sure that uh, if they are joining a football club, they are there to progress the the football club and not inevitably uh, fill their pockets and stuff. Yeah. So uh, the issue yeah. with uh, the issue as well with say Dai Yong, for instance, is how Chinese businessmen work. Um, a lot of it is, I'm pretty sure the Chinese government have rules on you can't get your money out of China per se. I'm not sure how it works fully, but I think it is quite hard for them or pretty much impossible if they have money in China to get it out. I'm not 100% sure, though. Yeah. But it is also, something I've read a lot. Yeah. Also, about Morecambe as well. I think they're saying they're doing a vote of no confidence. Um, yeah. Um, I, know, I, know, I know it's been about a year or something like that since they've been trying to get that new owner in. I don't know what the, how that's gone, if that's finished. I don't know what's going on with that. But Yeah, it's, um, it's a confident an, yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's the same that's, thing that they uh, planned on They plan on doing, apparently, with Crawley. Of course, they're owned by Wagme United, apparently. They're, they're closing in on two years at the... Uh, you know, owning the club now, and apparently there is going to be, you know, a fan kind of vote of the confidence that the fans have in Wagme. So that could be an interesting thing to go into. But okay. in terms of recent developments, yeah, Morecambe look to be the uh, yeah. the one of the newer clubs into the addition of owners with little amounts of yeah. confidence well, in, and um, confidence off fans. Yeah, sorry, uh, my mistake. Um, apparently, the the uh, owners of the club at the moment, they're, when they're trying to sell the club, apparently they're missing potential buyers, um, which, again, what are they doing? You're trying to sell the club and you'll you put the... I don't know if they're asking for too much, but not what's going on with that situation. But at the end of the day, you want to sell the club, get the money you think it's... Uh, you think what it should be worth, and then, and then sell the club. Because at the end of the day, I know people say it's a business, right? For a lot of people, especially people in Morecambe and the people around the country, every club around the country, it's their livelihoods. A lot it's of them, a break just, from reality. This is, their, this is their joy on a weekend. They might have a terrible week at school. They might be bullied at work and things like that, and they might be struggling. And football's their escape, and you're yeah. ruining it for them. Sell if you're not happy, or you don't sell the club to someone who will do well, who will be will bring that happiness to that town again. Please. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. And uh, it doesn't help. And, you know, I won't go over this because I'm very conscious that we're over an hour and I'm very conscious that, you know, these kind of things tend to go around that time frame. But in terms of allowing people to, you know, and allowing fans to enjoy stuff, 
um, again, quickly cover the stuff that Joey Bard and saying not, yeah. uh, you know, saying that women shouldn't have opinions on a men's football and shouldn't be able to kind of, you know, of course, directly say women shouldn't be able to watch football, but saying that they shouldn't be allowed to have their say on yeah. football and all this stuff. Like, I, I'd like to say that football's a lot more of an inclusive game now and it's a lot more of something that everyone can get involved into. But when you still have people that are, you know, have those really old mindsets that this is a man's game and it should be something that only men can watch and have opinions on and have careers in. It's uh, it's bizarre to me. It's such old opinions and <laughs> quite frankly, and I think a majority of the people agree with it, it is wrong. Right. Um, can I just, yes, can I just say quickly there on that with Joey Bartlett's comments, we have a few women who work for us who probably have a far better amount of knowledge than Joey Barton does. Um, he was a, he was an average player and evidently a below average manager. We'll um, leave it at that. Eh? With, in, with terms of, in terms of his comments on ex-players struggling to get jobs in punditry, just because you played football doesn't mean you know enough about it to be a pundit. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I definitely at... don't think he yeah. will be now after the comments he's yeah. making at the end of the day. He's not going to be really, yeah. you know, approved by these yeah. kind of people. There's a lot of women in the, yeah. you know, punditry yeah. industry. And if it's that, if that's the path that he wants to go yeah. down, as opposed yeah. to being a manager, he's not going to help himself by uh, yeah. making comments out of, out of nothing, really. Yeah. It's, I understand yeah. he had history of, you know, just being a individually kind of bad person, but... Yeah, like what happened for him to kind of all of a sudden snap like yeah. yesterday and make these tweets? Yeah. It's uh, it, it's just backwards thinking. Yeah, but you look at like some brilliant female presenters. You look at Alex Scott. You look at uh, Laura Turner, Michelle Owen. But some of them like they've gone to university. They've got a massive. They've got a degree. Even someone like Alex Scott who got a degree. Laura Woods, not Laura Turner. Laura. Sorry, yeah, yeah that's been wrong. Yeah. I think I think Laura Turner does darts and she's brilliant as well. I think I'm right in saying that. That's probably me yeah. getting mixed up. But Laura Turner, she's brilliant as well, as well as Laura Woods. Um, but all went and done degrees for sports journalism, things like that. Especially like Scott, who combined that with a football career, a massively successful uh, career, um, football career, where she's won a Champions League. And then now she's doing a massively successful career in, 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 in punditry and in presenting. Exactly. It's it's one of those things. Yeah, it's well. not right. It's not right. Then, it's, it's backwards thinking, and the issue with yeah. it as well now is uh, that he's getting publicity off of it. Like yeah. as much as you're aware that the majority of people are disagreeing with his comments and all this stuff, yeah. there's still the odd few people. There's the people that agree with him, and he's getting all this media coverage now over something that doesn't deserve media coverage like you shouldn't have to say that women should be allowed to get involved in with football you shouldn't have to say that no. and it shouldn't have to be a thing that it deserves exposure because it doesn't and it really uh it really frustrates me like, like you said you know we've got people in a in like sports media are female and they do you know equally as good of a job as us if not better so it's like it's one of those things where why is gender a thing that is you know kind of put into football as if you're a female you have le less knowledge on the sport or you don't know what you're doing and you should watch the female game like yes watch the female game as well completely fine but that doesn't mean you should be neglected from watching men's football it's 
it should be a game that brings everyone together and not separate yeah. people. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, it's been great talking to you, Kieran, and you, Chris. It's been been a great, great, great conversation about those different topics here. Yeah, um, been fantastic. Yeah, thank you everyone uh, for watching today. Um, we will uh, make sure to check out the Richie Wellens interview as well as Nathan Arnold interview coming shortly. Um, also, make sure to to come back onto these socials or the Sports Media pages at six pm tomorrow where we'll be able to check out the Barrow Crossbar Challenge. I, for one, cannot wait to see that. Um, and, well, just say have a great rest of your evening and uh, enjoy. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.